1: All right, welcome back to Draws and episode 121, February of the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles, California. I'm your host, Owen Vrabel, I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Miller.
2: What's going on, guys? Welcome back.
1: This podcast, as always, is sponsored by Rotoballer. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, Scotty Scheffler goes back-to-back the waste management last week. We'll get into a brief recap of that. Our guy, Maddie Mills, had his heart broken at the Super Bowl, so we can do a very quick recap of that. Uh, but we're moving on. It's golf season. So football season is behind us. It's a big, another big event. So a course preview at Riviera, another stacked field. Awesome event, awesome course. Um, currently in my backyard here in Los Angeles, so I will be in attendance on Friday. We'll get into the odds list on FanDuel. Almost all the top 100 players in the world are here this week besides the live guys and a select few withdrawals from, for injury and things like that, but most of the top 100s here, all the big names are here, so we'll give you our outright thoughts, top 10s, top 20s, top 40s, and my one-and-done thoughts, which has been off to a tragic start so far this season. So yeah, Matt, um, good to have you here, obviously. Tough Monday for the boy. Um, Eagles get their parts without out lead. Um, and unfortunately we really didn't have a chance at the waste management. Um, Scotty and Rom kind of made that pretty clear early on Sunday, we needed JT to get hot earlier, played well at the end. Um, but at the end of the day, that Scheffler looks pretty phenomenal on that course. We, I mean, we mentioned it last year that it was like his coming out party. And then this year, he's played well, but hasn't putted well. And then this week, everything just came together. So it was a pretty impressive performance. Really, I mean, Nick Taylor ended up being his biggest competition, and he just mopped the floor with everyone. So
2: yeah, it was crazy. I mean, he even like Sunday, I mean, he came out, he didn't hit a fairway until the eighth hole, and he was still a couple under par. Like he was just makes everything work. Um, He's – yeah, I mean, he's got such a good short game, you know, like around the green. He's awesome. Um, He looked like he was, you know, Scotty from last year when he was on that streak. And, yeah, he won. You know, he's winning everything. So, um, it's really cool because he's – now it's like he's back to playing, you know, probably not even his best golf yet, but he's back in like the winner's circle again. Rom's playing really well. Rory's playing really well. And like, it kind of feels like we have this stack top of the board.
1: Yeah. And they're very clearly head and shoulders above everyone else. And they're all are on their own little run. I mean, obviously Scotty last year and then Rom at the beginning of this year and Rory to an extent too. I mean, obviously one in Dubai, um, won last year in Canada, obviously could have easily won the open championship. Uh, like, I feel like they all feel in their own heads that they're the best player in the world. And they're very clearly ahead of the next group of guys.
2: Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I guess Scheffler is just more of a reserved guy, but like Rory and Rom have been pretty vocal that like, they think they're the best player in the world right
0: now. Right. Which right. kind
2: of makes it interesting. Cause like they, it's kind of like a unique like rivalry up there where like, they're kind of just saying, like, I think I'm better than the next guy. And you have to have that mentality, but um, to come out and say it is, is – Right, but you kind of can of... say it, but, like, those three guys, like, legitimately, like, have
1: the right to say it. Like, I feel, I'm sure Justin Thomas feels like on his best day, he's the best player in the world. I'm sure Colin Morcow feels that way, probably to – Sandra shawfle to, to a degree. But, like, those three guys, like, are clearly head and shoulders above the rest. Um, but – that's why these, the majors this year are going to be awesome. And that's why the PJ Tour making this new um, elevated event type season, which thanks to the Live you know, discourse is really why it even came about. They could say whatever they want, but that's probably why it came about. And now we're getting these stacked fields at these great courses. And, I mean, back-to-back weeks of having all three of those guys at an event that wasn't a major for the players. Like, that just doesn't happen. So it's working out. I think what they wanted is happening. So it's another $20 million purse week. Winner gets $3.5 million. I mean, a lot of money on the line, a lot of motivation on the line. And I think probably even more so than last week, this is, like, it's a big deal to win this event. Um, Riviera is a pretty famous course. Obviously, now that Tiger is the host, it's, like, got another little notch on it. Um. So, people want to win this thing this week, and we got all the best players in the world except for the live guys. And and Will Zaldua is back this week, so I think that's exciting too.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool cool event. Um, this is always a good you know good event. One of the coolest courses like in the PGA Tour rotation, in my opinion. Um, of those top three guys, I'm putting you on the spot here, but who do you think is the best player in the world right now?
1: Oh man. It, it's tough it's funny because i immediately just go to rob and rory and it's not a, 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 any offense to scotty i just feel like if it was a sunday all things considered they're even and actually i don't know it's hard because this is where it's like determining what the best player in the world even means i mean scotty and and Ram have both won bigger events more recently than rory has um but on any given day i think it's definitely between Rory and Rom. I think
2: Rom's probably the best player in the world right now. I would, I would have the same answer.
1: Yeah,
2: um, like I think he, the way he's, the way he's playing. I mean, he's a beast. But it is interesting because I mean, he has just one major at this point. Um, obviously, it was really impressive the U.S. Open when he closed it out. But uh, we'll see what what these guys do because when I mean, we're we're sitting here, and we're talking about it, and you know, I would agree that it's probably Rom or Rory. But I mean, Rory hasn't won a major in like eight years. Right, Robin, And that's what's man. crazy about this whole
1: discussion is that Morikawa has more. Spieth has more. Obviously, Morikawa to a, a different degree because they're more recent. But then even like Pete, uh, JT has the same as Rahm and Scottie in terms of major championships. And then Rory, like you said, has more than eight years. So like it's a pretty even playing field in terms of like the major championships. Of the top 10, 12 guys, like, I think they all have a case to kind of claim a big big piece of, like, you know, history this year. I think it's kind of a, a time where anyone can win, but also those three guys in particular have kind of put themselves ahead of the game. So um, I just had a thought. Maybe we'll do sad Super Bowl recap at the end of the show. That's that good?
2: <laughs> yeah. Or if we want to forget about it, that's <laughs> – no, nah, I'll give – I'll address it. I'm not going to hide from it. Uh, okay. But, yeah, we can do it at the end.
1: All right, we'll address that later. Um, so other than that, I mean – there were some good things. Um, Sam Burns, uh, you know, kind of came out the gates slow and then shot 64, 68 on the weekend. Similar to JT, just, you know, got hot too late, was never really in contention, but finished T6. My guy, Ricky Fowler, seems to have certainly figured some things out. That ace on seven on Sunday was electric. Obviously, in classic golf betting fashion. He then bogeyed the next two holes to completely erase it, but um, it's awesome seeing him back in the mix. And now that's two top 11 finishes in back-to-back weeks on in, in pretty good tournaments. I mean, at the waste management, at the farmers 10th and 11th impressive from Rick. I think we're starting to see the resurgence there. And that could be something that we're seeing now from a bunch of guys. Jason day has played well, Justin Rose, just won. Um, we'll get into Adam Scott talk this week. Cause this is one of his favorite courses, but It does seem like these, you know, veterans, so to speak, um, are going to probably try to make some noises here, even though there's such a strong contingency of young players. So I was excited about Rick. um, And that's pretty much it. I mean, Burns and Rick both hit top 20s for me. Uh, My top 40 bets were an atrocity. My,
2: My top 40s were the only thing that was like decent. I should have taken them as outrights. I mean, they were hanging around more than the other guys. Um, it's yeah. It was just one so, of those. Was weeks. it Wyndham Clark and someone else? Yeah. Wyndham and Sam Ryder. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. Ryder is actually, he's having a pretty good start to the year, but yeah, the, the older guys are Jason day has been really good. I mean, we're not the biggest Jason day guys, but um, to his credit, he's had a great start to the year. Ricky. He looks great, man. The way yeah. He's hitting his irons. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, he he played. He was horrible off the tee on Sunday, and was still right in the mix because he saved par after going ob, um, and then bogeyed. But it, I was just shocked because he was like two under through five with two two balls out of bounds. Um, so
2: he had the hole in one Sunday, and then on eighteen on Saturday. I mean, he was like inches from the eagle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's t- played as one of the tougher holes, too, 18. So, yeah, impressive stuff from him.
1: Yeah, so for, you know, the listeners, just to be aware, there will be a lot of Ricky Fowler bets for me in the near future and probably for the <laughs> rest of the season. So I've seen what I need to see now, and we're still getting decent numbers. So I'm going to I'm gonna do it until he gets back in the winner's circle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so good week. On to another great tournament, Riviera. I was there last year for a couple rounds. Um Awesome course, really difficult, and it's not going to be easy to, to win this week, and it's even harder to handicap because you really need your your guys to be completely in control from T to green and everything in between. You're not going to hit a lot of fairways, it's, even if you're hitting your driver, great. And if you're clubbing down, it's still going to be tough. Like 50%, I think, is a fairway percentage rate, which is – very low on a PJ tour and and greens regulations are going to be tough. You're going to be good at, need to be good out of the sand, need to be good out of the rough. And then the POA greens, I will, it's crazy last year. I mean, I followed so many different guys and like those birdie putts you see guys making the PJ tour so often, like from seven to 15 feet, like guys, just, it's not easy to make putts here. Um, for whatever reason, I mean, the POA is tough, but tough to read. Um, and it's tough to make birdies. So it's got to be – it's another grinded-out type course where even though Neiman shot 19-under here last year, it's a, that was an absurd week. I mean, he shot 8-under Thursday and Friday. I don't think we're going to see that again. I think the score is probably going to be most likely between, like, 12 and 15. Um, so depending on the weather, who knows. But, yeah, it's going to be a tough week. Got to have everything locked in, off the tee, on approach, around the green and on the greens, um, which, I mean, makes it a difficult task to win, especially with the loader field we have. So those are kind of my quick thoughts. I want to let you do your thing on your preview of the course, but
2: Riviera, man, it's a good course. Yeah, I agree. I think it's like probably outside of the majors. I mean, I think it's one of the the tougher tests that they face during the year. I mean, you can make the case for the Memorial too. um, And some of the Florida events, they have – uh low you know the winning scores are closer yeah, Andre, to, to arnold par arnold palmer yeah. but a lot of that too is like there's a lot of water and like trouble that you could put up blow up holes like here it's not really like you know water where i oh, hit a ball in the water you cross yourself it's just really tough yeah um, so i think it's a, it's a really it's a true test um uh, but yeah i've got a little bit into the course par 71 a uh, little over 7 300 yards the winners uh, as you touched on uh joaquin neiman won last year he's not in attendance this year did to going to live um he was minus 19 max homa in 2021 at minus 12. that was absolutely insane uh he won in the playoff over tony Finau, and somehow he won i mean his ball was like yeah you know, he was stuck behind the tree on his tee shot um yeah and pulled it out it was Crazy, crazy win for him. And then 2020, Adam Scott won. We were on that one. Yep. Um, so, some good, good history there. And Adam Scott for the podcast. A um, little bit about the course. So, it's the yardage doesn't seem that long, but it's kind of like a sneaky long course when you think about it. So, all three of the par fives are under 600 yards. Um, the f- hole one is the easiest hole on the course. It's one of the easiest par fives on the tour. Stupid. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you make par there, it's, it's going to feel like a bogey. Um, It's a really bad score. I mean, a lot of guys are making Eagles. It feels like it's pretty much a guaranteed birdie. Um, The other two par fives are the two other easiest holes on the course. Par fives typically play that way. Um, Then you have the drivable par four 10th, which is one of the coolest holes probably on the PGA tour. Mm -hmm. uh, In my opinion, a lot of risk-reward there. I mean, most guys go for it, but it's not an easy hole. I mean, the miss, I guess, is – we were just talking about this before. Usually to, like, the left, there's, like, a, a area that you can put it in and you kind of try to go up and down. But there's a lot of trouble around that green. I mean, guys can easily blow up and make big numbers on this hole.
1: Yeah, I saw um, multiple guys last year go bunker to bunker, um, which, I mean <laughs> – if it wasn't a, a guy I bet on is objectively hilarious because it's a par four. You're there and one you're thinking birdie and then you're over the green and then you're trying to scramble for par. And that green is tough, man. Like you mentioned the drivable p- part of it. It's really hard to hold that green. We talked about this. It's, you really just want to give yourself a good look with your second shot. I don't think a, the bunkers are a bad spot and that's why, you know, bringing your whole game is important this week. Bunker shots are going to be key. You need to feel comfortable out of the sand. Um, but the rough can be unpredictable. And especially around that green, I was uh, watching John Rahm last year. He was super pissed off because he was way back, like o- almost in the trees on the left. Um, and it was a huge crowd around him. Got people getting super close and he had a horrible look at the green. Um, and I don't even remember exactly what he did. I feel like he hit an okay shot and then ended up saving par, but, um, that's a hole where like it's a risk reward hole, but it's not, it's like you have to go for it to some degree. Like you can't really lay up too too far because it is that green is still tough to hit. Even if you're, I don't know, 70 yards out, like to put it, it close, you know, so you want to give yourself a nice chip, uh, but you could find yourself in a bad spot. So it's a great hole.
2: Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, it's awesome viewing hole too. Um, just from watching, you know, on TV or however you're going to watch, I always look forward to it. Um the other so travel par four, you got three par fives, but the rest of the holes, when you look at it, three of the par uh, three of the four par threes play over 190 yards, so they're long par threes, uh, and then seven of the eleven par fours are over 450 yards. So yeah. there's a lot of like longer holes that are mixed in there. Um, you mentioned you know fairways are difficult to hit, some of the most difficult on tour to hit, and it also has one of the lowest and regulation percentage on tour. So mm-hmm. I think that gives the advantage to longer hitters off the tee because a lot of guys are going to be missing fairways regardless. I think obviously the longer you are, you know, you're in the rough closer to the hole. It's beneficial than being you know, 200 yards out and in the rough. Um, right. Event around the green is going to be huge just because the greens are so hard to hit guys are going to be, you know, scrambling around a lot this week. And there's kind of that emphasis on, you know, five to 10 foot putts this week, because a lot of the time when you're scrambling around that's what you're going to be left with for par. Um, and you're going to have to make a lot of those, you know, save a lot of those if you want to win this week. Yeah. Uh, that as far as approach, I mean, I'm looking like kind of like 175 to 200 yards and, um, just because a lot of those you know, shots are coming from, in my opinion, that distance. Uh, so that's kind of a range that I had circled. I don't know if you were thinking a similar thing. Um,
1: yeah, 150 and above. I mean, 175 is probably even better, especially for most of the field. I mean, like you said, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if there's an advantage really anywhere in any part of your game. Like, being longer is never a, a, a deterrent, really, in my opinion, but – I don't think it gives you a huge advantage either way, but it's funny. I mean, last two years, there's only been one player um, in each year that lost strokes in more than one of the major four categories. So basically, you're not just going to make up all your strokes in one category. Like you need to play well in all aspects, like I mentioned earlier. So that's what I think makes this event so hard to handicap is that I think there is a level of course history, comfortability playing here, Uh, but also you need to have your game in a pretty good place because if you're not feeling any aspect of it, you're going to get bitten at some point. If you're really hitting your tee shots poorly, you're going to be in a bad spot all week. If you've been feeling really uncomfortable around the greens recently, you're going to be feeling like shit all week. Uh, The only thing I, maybe I would say, even though it is super important, the putting like usual, I think has the most variance because Even if you look at last year, I mean, Victor Hovland putted really well, not a notorious good putter. Um, So we've seen different. uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like Colin Morikawa gained over six strokes here last year as well. Um, Cam Young gained over five and a half strokes um, and Adam Scott gained over seven strokes putting, but that also is like, the baseline for the putting is going to be different than a typical week. You're going to have guys that putt really poorly. Like, Your lag putts are going to be tough, and then your putts from 0 to 10 feet are going to be tough. So if you're putting like shit, it's going to be really apparent you're going to be three-putting a lot of greens. Um, So probably not a good week to go to my guy Luke List, so (laughs) stay away from the guys that you know are probably going to be poor putters. Um, But like I just mentioned, more kind hovland, there is the aspect that you could catch a hot putter here in relation to the field. Uh, But from tee to green, you need to be good. Um, so that's what makes it tough. So I think we uh, – so overall in my – I guess the model I put together was approach, proximity from 150 on, good drives, gains, not necessarily distance related, just guys that are consistently getting to the greens regardless of hitting fairways or not in a better percentage than others. Uh, round to green, uh, putting on POA, bogey avoidance. It's one of those courses that you want to just grind out pars. And then long par fours. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So, um, let's get into the, let's get into the odds list. Um, FanDuel, relatively similar to draftings this week, but FanDuel, we were on, and John Rahm is your favorite at plus 700 currently on a Monday night, Rory McIlroy, Scottie Scheffler are 10 to one, then Xander Schauffele, J- Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, all between 14 and 16. Um, and Max Homa, Colin Moore-Cower at 20 21. So that's a top eight on the board. Um, I will say, over the past 10 years, we've only had one player under 25 to 1 win Dustin Johnson in 2017. Uh, Bubba Watson in 2016, and Adam Scott in 2020 were 25 and 33, respectively. And Bubba Watson in 2014 as well was at 33. But then we've seen Neiman at Homa back to back years at 60 to one. J.B. Holmes in 2019 at 150 to one. Bubba Watson in 2018 at 50 to one. And then James Hahn at 200 in 2015 to one. And John yeah 201 one in 2015. And then John Merrick at 250 to one in 2013. So I think it's a little bit different this year. We have seen good fields here. Um, even before Tiger became the sponsor and, you know, you're shaking Tiger's hand again of the tournament. It's an invitational, not an open, but we were seeing good fields here anyway. Now this year, elevated event, even more so, stronger field than we've ever seen. So I don't know. I don't think it's skewed necessarily. I just think it's super hard to win here. And so that means that, you know, just because you're an elite player, doesn't mean you're going to win. That being said, we just went through some leaderboards. Obviously, a ton of the elite players do play well here, but there's five guys. There's six, seven, no, eight. Yeah, eight guys under 25. So, I mean, judging off of past history, only one guys won in that territory. But I think this could be a year that it changes. I'm having a tough time deciding at the top of the board because of that, um, and because because these guys are here, the middle of the board is very juicy. Um, so I think that's where it gets difficult this week, but Matt, I'll let you lead off top of the board, Rom to Murakawa. Anyone stand out to you? Who are you taking?
2: Yeah. Um, it's weird. I mean, I don't, I don't typically go to, you know, the very top of the board, but this week I'm going to make an exception. Um, we just kind of going through everything with this course and how tough it is. It feels like it's going to take an elite game to win this week. Um, and I know what you said about, you know, the top of the board hasn't traditionally won here, but uh, I want a big dog on my card this week. I'm going to go with Rory. All right. Um, I think he's he's probably a little pissed about how he played last week, um, but a lot of it was putting. I mean, he lost over three strokes putting. Yeah, he, he gained six point two to the green. So it wasn't like a terrible, you know, ball striking week for him uh coming into last week i mean he would have won the last two starts he had made he won over in dubai and then he won the cj cup in the fall um so it seemed like his game is has really been good i mean he's speaking very highly of it he's confident he said last week you know i feel like i'm the best player in the world my game's in a good spot um and he's usually pretty honest if he's not playing well he'll say you know i'm not playing well at the moment so he's feeling very confident Uh, He's got good history here. He was 10th last year, missed a cut in 2021, but then a 5th, a 4th, and two other top 20s before that. Um, So good course history. And the thing I like about him too, I mean, I was looking at the 175 to 200 range. He's first in this field last 36 rounds. He's got his irons going right now. Uh, I just feel like he's – you know, last week, Raman Scheffler, we saw battle it out at the top of the board. I feel like it's going to be Rory. Uh, up there battling it out this week come Sunday
1: yeah I think narrative wise that's a good it's a good spin zone to, to like you know he played like shit and then also had to watch the like, two guys that could take over his mantle of uh, being the best player in the world go kind of head to head on Sunday and he wasn't anywhere near the mix so and I think this course suits him better anyway a little more challenging um, he obviously has a very well-rounded game um, I could I could see it I've kind of skirted past the Ten to ones. And was actually pretty reluctant to even take anyone under 20 to one. Um, but I think you're right. I think you do want a big dog on the card this week. And I I think we talked about this at the beginning of this year um, where I'm trying to be patient with guys that I do like and trying not to be overly critical if they play poorly in a certain week. Um and not even that, I mean, Justin Thomas was disappointing last week. So what I'm getting to is I'm taking Justin Thomas again this week. <laughs> um, disappointing because there were so many opportunities for him to take advantage of, and he missed a bunch of short pots. Just kind of couldn't put it all together when he needed to, and then made a run on Sunday to a degree. I mean, he just played really well and never really got into contention. But um, guys got three top tens here, finished sixth here last year, second in 2019, Um speaking of like full package games like JT when he's clicking is all those things. Last week he gained in all metrics except for putting where he lost point two strokes, um, was good off the tee, got an approach, good around the green. Um, and so I'm going to be patient with him. I think of the elite guys, he's probably most due for, for a win, even though he did win the PGA last year, I think he's due for another win. Um, and I think this course sets up well for him. The tiger narrative, I think he's, if there's anyone who fanboys harder for Tiger on the PJ Tour, I don't know who it is. I mean, he loves Tiger Woods, and I think this is a big tournament for him in his own head. So I don't think necessarily it's going to add more pressure to him. I just think motivation-wise he's going to really want to show up this week. So I'm going to go to JT. Reluctive, yeah, like that. Because I feel like the middle of the board is really stacked with some good numbers. But at the end of the day, these top eight players in comparison to other guys definitely have the most well-rounded of games. I think Homa and Morkauer are pretty fair numbers. I think Finau has been really good and really good here. I think, you know, I actually, you know, considered Finau and Xander, which I never do. Um, And it's because they model out amazingly. I mean, their Finau was number one on my model. Xander was third sandwich. Rory was in between. Um, So We'll see if that bites me not taking one of them, but I'll take my chances on JT a little bit more proven of a winner. feel like he's more due than either of those guys and I'm going to ride him. I'm going to ride him for a little while.
2: Yeah. I like it. I mean, he's, he's great around the green, um, which you need to be this week. I think with him, I mean, if he, if he gets that putter going uh, he's dangerous and I think that's kind of what's held him back, you know, a little bit the last couple of years is just putting. So if he, yeah. has one, if he has one of those weeks where, you know, he's making putts and he he is kind of one of those guys that, like, when he starts making putts and getting that confidence on a green, like, he does kind of make them in bunches. Yeah, you um, feel like he's going to make the next one. Yeah, like, he starts to, like, heat up with the putter and it's like, all right, like, he's getting going. And that's what makes him so dangerous. Um, I definitely considered him. And yeah. it, like you said, I mean, he wasn't – it sucked last week the way he did it, but, like, he didn't, he didn't play that. You know, it wasn't like yeah. bad. He finished in the top five. It just kind of unfortunately all came on Sunday when it, it didn't really matter. But um, yeah.
1: And so I mentioned how a really tough time deciding who to take up here and was also reluctant to take anyone. At the same time, Max Homan and Colin Morikawa, both very <laughs> intriguing to me. I mean, Morikawa, really disappointing last week. Horrific. I switched from JT to Morikawa and won it on. Turned out horribly. Um but this is a, I know that that shapes up really nicely for his game, too. I mean, it you know, because of the dog legs and different things, like he, you know, he doesn't he's not super long, but he's one of the best drivers of the golf ball on tour. He's first in good drives gained over his last 24 rounds, third in approach, 19 in strokes and off the tee. He's great in the proximities from 150 to 200. Um, but typically with Colin, it comes down to his putter, he hasn't been great, but he did finish runner up here last year, and if it wasn't for you know, Neiman just absolute boat racing the field, he probably wins last year. So tough, tough, tough. Um my card is not fully set. So I'm gonna leave myself the option to to potentially take him or Homa. Uh but it's funny, man. I, like I, we do we just have to get used to this Max Homa thing being a 20 to one. I mean
2: see I can't decide like if we're gonna have to get used to it or not or if we're seeing him here because it's course A1 at you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah, but last week he was what? 25? Yeah. yeah, last week he was up there too. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I will. Yeah, I don't know. That it's Maybe he is up there. And we kind of talked about it. Maybe he deserves to be up there. You know, he's like, been most like, and we talked about well rounded
1: golfers. I mean, he's been extremely well rounded this year. So
2: he just, it For does feel, we're just not used to seeing it. You know, we're used to seeing him at like 40 to 1 in these events
1: 40, 50, 60. Yeah, I mean, so. It's tough seeing him at that number cuz I'm very intrigued. Obviously, past winner here, he also has a top 10 or top 5 in the last 3 years, so feels very comfortable here. He loves California golf. Very similar to Morikawa, both feel like playing a California guy. So, all right, those are my thoughts there. Let's move on though. Um Sungjae Im at 26 to 1 with Victor Hovland and Patrick Canlay also at 26 to 1 and then Jordan Spieth Sam Burns at 29 and 30, Cam Young at 31, Will Torres, 34, and then Jason Day, Tom Kim, Matt Fitzpatrick, all at 37, and Hideki and Hatton at 40 and 45. So that's kind of the first part of the middle tier with, with a lot of great names. And I think this is kind of where our bread gets buttered um, for the most part with a lot of winners in this, in this area of the board. And – I'm shooting. I'm shooting a lot of bullets here, on this on this part of the field, which I have only shot technically one so far. And now, after my Morikawa and Homas speech, I need to make some decisions. But I love this part of the board. Um, I'm just gonna say I saw forty on Will Zalatoris this morning, and I took it. Um, I'm trying to not be super concerned about him not playing last week. I think over the course of his career, this is going to end up being a place that he plays very well at. He's played the last two years, finished 15th and 26th. Um, and, you know, Sal I think gets a bad rap for not being obviously a good putter. Also, you know, his short game tends to, to not, isn't as polished probably as it could be yet, but he's really not horrible around the green. Um you know, over his last 20 rounds, he's gained strokes around the green. He's more of a well rounded player than people give him credit for, and that's why he's played so well in the tough majors. Um, which I think this is kind of one of those types of tournaments and fields, and the way the course plays is tough. You grind it out, so I do like Willie Z in this type of format, and I like that we've seen him three times. Like, he he missed a cut at the farmers and then didn't play at the waste management. Um, but he played okay at the century tournament of champions, played okay at the American Express. And I'm willing to take a 40 on a guy that if the books start, I think people, more people weren't scared to bet him because of his injury potential, then you'd probably be closer to 25. Um, So I'm taking a shot at Will Z at 40.
2: Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't hate that. Um, We've obviously the concern is just that we haven't, we haven't really, you know, he's injured and, He's just kind of coming back from injury, and is he ready to get back in the winner's circle yet? But it's a good number for a guy who seems to – every time there's one of those tougher, bigger events, he seems to be around. I mean, this is the type of course that we like him at. He's not really like a birdie-fest guy. He's more of a grinded-out type of guy. We've seen him play really well at the majors, like you touched on. Um, so it seems like it would be a pretty good fit for him here. Yeah. It, is, it is odd that he didn't play last week, but um, – you know it's it could just be scheduling um maybe he didn't want to play you know three straight weeks and right because you know, coming he,
1: back from injury you know having to play three straight weeks so it could have been just a strategic play to be more healthy as a season the masters. Rest. yeah it's yeah.
2: you never know um it's weird because there's there's back-to-back elevated events I mean he always plays the farmers so it could just be a scheduling thing um who knows? We'll see how he looks this week. I mean, if he if he comes out and plays poorly again, maybe there's something to, you know, he's not fully healthy. But um, at this point, I mean, it, I think it's worth taking a shot on.
1: Yeah, I mean, and to this point, I mean, like I said, he, you know, he made the cut at the American Express, finished 36, played okay at the Century Tournament Champions, finished 11th. So of the three events he's been back since injury, he's only played poorly at the Farmers, which is pretty surprising. I mean, he was pretty – on approach and around the green. Um, but, you know, one miscut, I'm not super concerned about it, but it was a, more of a value play than anything. Cause I would have liked to see him playing a little bit better. Like I mentioned, I think you, it's a tough course to just all of a sudden turn it on, but I'm hoping that he's actually in a better place than we were. The board is envisioning him at and what people's perspective is of him because he hasn't played. Um, so that's where I'm at. I have, a couple potential other ones. Who are you looking at between 25 and 50?
2: I'm going to go back to Cameron young. Um, Yeah. He he let us down last week. Uh, It was pretty, I mean, it was pretty bad. It was really his short game was, (laughs) which is not a good thing. His short game was really bad last week and he's going to need that this week. But I mean, he lost a little over two strokes around the green and he lost over five putting. Um, He couldn't get anything to fall. And it's, it's not a great sign, um, but he played really well the week before over uh, at the Saudi International where he came in second. Um, he missed a few short putts there too. But this is kind of the course that I like him at. So it is tough because, I mean, he hasn't won yet. So it's, it feels like it's a big ask to ask him to win here, but he plays well at these tougher courses. I mean, he was second here last year, um, tied with Morikawa. You know, we saw him play well. He came in third at the PGA, a really tough event. Uh, obviously, it's a major field. The Open championship open. Day. You know, he was thirteenth at the Arnold Palmer. Like he plays these tougher events well. Um, these are kind of the courses that that I like him at. He's a good iron player. He's ninth in the field in the last thirty six rounds between one fifty and one seventy five. Thirty uh, fourth, one seventy five to two hundred. So, you know, I think if this is a good week for him to turn it around, um, I feel like the number is fair. You know kind of given how he's played in bigger events. So I'm going to get back on board with Cam Young training this week. You talked about it. You got to stay patient with some of these guys. Um, yeah, so I'm going to do it too.
1: I'm going to do it too. Um, it is a little concerning. You know I've gone back-to-back picks with saying how I think you need to have coming in with a little better form. But like you said, finished second over in this Saudi event, um, and he's never really looked horrific. Um, obviously, last week was pretty bad, but – American Express, 26 13th of the century, similar to Will Z pretty consistent. Um, and I think similar to Will Z this is another event that I think shapes up really well for him. Difficult. Uh, and I think the putting aspect, like he putted well last year, last year, which for a younger guy, I'm hoping means that could be become like a trend because we've seen guys like Adam Scott, and a few others who just end up getting comfortable on POA and put well on POA. Um, and I think it also, the difficulty of the putts from zero to 10 feet kind of levels the playing field for young a little bit where him missing a few of those other guys are going to be missing them too. So <laughs> that I think levels the playing field for him a bit and you know, if he's good off the tee can be great on approach. Um, so I'm going to get back to Cam Young as well. I was actually hoping for a little bit better of a number considering how poorly he did play last week, but yeah, I agree. we'll take it. So this is where, the decisions are having to be made, and I think um, uh, I'm going to be beside myself if this guy wins. And I'm not on him. Um, he's still modeling really poorly for me um, because of the poor performance he's had. To kind of, uh, I mean, it's not even really been that bad. But I'm um, going back to Sam Burns, um Back to back good performances. It's been it was a month between the American Express and the Waste Management. Um, but finished a sixth of the waste management last week, all around green was good. Wasn't as good on, on, approach as I'd like him to be only gained a stroke there, gained over three on the green over two on the green, 7.3 T to green. And then he was 11th at the American express where he greened in all four categories. And he's another one of those guys that well-rounded player. We know he can putt. Well, he is fourth in this field in putting on POA from zero to five feet. And, 37th and putting on Poe overall, so I'll take my chances with Burns. Kind of the resurgence happening here. Um, had a great year last year, and also finished in third the year that Homa won. Um, that was the other Homa one, right? And he he had a little bit of a collapse.
2: Yeah, he did. On, on yeah, so there. it was
1: Burns, 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 and then it turned into Fina Homa.
2: So, yeah, I think Burns was um, he like put one. I want to say it was either I guess it was eleven, maybe eleven or twelve, and he like hooked one left into the trees. I remember. And it was like a complete disaster after yeah. that.
1: So I think is another young guy that I think this course is going to shape up really well for. So I'm taking that line on FanDuel, Burns Young's Altoris. And I like it. On paper, it looks great. I'm still you know a little bit nervous about not having maybe guys that have played a little bit better. Um, but I really like those young guys at this course. So that's where the majority of my card is going to be. So, um, I don't know if you wanted to touch on anyone else in this range before we get a little bit deeper, but,
2: um, I think it's interesting. Cause I, I feel like I have a spot in my card to, to put someone in there. Um, I just don't really know where, where to go with it. I'm, I'm a little stumped in this section. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's I'm tough. looking at it. No, it gets
1: a little bit, it, there end up being more options as well. I mean, we can just continue a little bit further. Ricky Fowler's at 50. You can find better numbers on him out there. Adam Scott, and we've talked about a couple times already, plays Greater Riviera. He's at 55. Justin Rose, Keegan Bradley, Taylor Montgomery, all at 65. Sahith, Shane Lowry, Corey Connors, Wyndham Clark, between 75 and 80. Um, and then we're 100 and above, but. Even just adding that next layer of guys, I think makes it interesting because uh, I think each of those guys was probably besides Adam Scott. They, they each have their own niche that they're really good at. Corey Connors, obviously, great on approach. I think it's just going to be really tough for some of these longer shots to be as well rounded as they need to be this week. Um, but we've seen long shots win here. So. Who are you thinking in that range otherwise? And I just you know brought it all the way down to 90.
2: But Well, so I'm definitely – I'll start with a definite who's on my card. I'm going to go with Adam Scott. Uh, okay. 55-1. to 1. We're back on the Adam Scott train. He won for us here in 2020. I mean, he's got great history here. We touched on that. Um, he's a great power putter. He was 21st last time we saw him at the Sony. Um, he's been off since. But when we saw him there, I mean, he gained – 1.2 strokes on approach. Um, something I like about him, though, coming into this is that he's the short game has been good. I mean, he gained when you look at what he did at the Sony. Um, he gained 3.5 strokes around the green and 2.3 putting. If he kind of has that short game going for him this week, I think he really has a good chance to contend. Um, and just the history that he has here, it feels like Adam Scott just finds himself in the mix every year here. So I like Adam Scott. Uh, 55 seems like a fair number. I mean, he's getting a little bit older now, but this kind of seems like a place he always shows up and plays well at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm definitely going to take a prop on Adam Scott, probably top 20. Um, the consistency is just unmatched. You can't, you can't, you can't deny it. And he's been solid enough recently. I mean, obviously didn't play well at the he Tournament over champions, which we laughed about why was he even there last year or <laughs> in January? Cause he obviously didn't win the year before, but um he finished the year strong, you know, five, fifth at the FedEx St. Jude, fifth at the BMW. Um, played well in the majors last year, 14th at the US Open, 15th at the Open. Um, so he's still got game. And this is one of his favorite courses. So he compares it to um, the Australian terrain, um, which is interesting. I think he likes the greens a lot. He puts really well here. Surprise. And not even, you can't even say surprise anymore. And he's, Only lost Strokes putting here twice over his career. Um, Was it six top tens and a win and a runner up? I mean, just phenomenal play. So I'm going to look for the best line I can get on a top 20 play and take that. And I will be surely feeling like I'm missing out if he does play really well Thursday and Friday. And I may look to add him live because I think unless he's leading the tournament, I think you could probably find a 20 to one on him into the weekend if he's in the mix. So I'll keep my eye on him, but I'm, Going elsewhere, Um, going back to Ricky Fowler, as I prefaced in the beginning of the show. um, Yeah, I'm just not going to – I found a 75. I'm going to take the 75 on Rick every time now at this point. He's been okay here. Um, He's made his last two cuts, finished 20th in 2021, which is his best finish. But um, in terms of how he's looked recently, I mean, yeah. He's going to have to clean it up off the tee. Um, He – as I mentioned on Sunday, he lost multiple balls early in his round and somehow scrambled back to to play well. But um if you look in combination with the, how he played at the waste management and at the farmers, um, he did gain over a stroke and a half off the tee at the farmers, has been good on approach, was really good around the green last week, was good on the greens. Um I'm gonna take a seventy five on Rick. That's it's a friends and family play for sure. But um I also just think that he's gonna be he's gonna win again. I don't know where. It might not be in an event like this, but I'm gonna take the 75.
2: Yeah, he's he's definitely trending in the right direction. Um, I, I knew you were gonna take him, bad. so that's yeah, no surprise there. But he's there's some justification for it now. He's playing well.
1: I have I'm, some justification. It does take a spot off the card, but I'm, I'm willing to do it. So
2: I'm kind of considering Terrell Hatton. Um, I was
1: too. I was too.
2: He was really good last week. He gained six shots on approach. Uh, he was hitting a great, Mike concern for hatton is i feel like we don't see him traditionally until march in a florida swing but now with the elevated events he's come over here sooner and am i wrong on that or like he doesn't usually play this event
1: no he doesn't um and yeah usually late february march is when we first see him
2: so Um, he's kind of not used to playing here and this is kind of a course where if you familiar with it, it helps. Um, that being said, when I mean, we saw, you know, some young guys play really well last year, I was in Neiman one, Cameron Young, yeah. came yep. in second. Um, so it's not totally out of the question. I, I like Hatton kind of playing these tougher events too. Um, he's someone I'm not ruling out yet.
1: All right. Um, yeah, it's just funny. I mean, I love Hatton, but it's like, it's, we've done this podcast for three years almost now. I think like he's only won once, um, and I don't know how many times I've taken him, but it's like it. it's just I'd tough to see him winning this event, um, even though he is playing well. So and I'll be rooting for him if he's in the mix, unless obviously it's up against one of my guys. But I do like having a lot. And ah, yeah, we'll right. nice. How many majors have I bet in that? Like,
2: in- yeah. yeah. He's got a bad – it was weird because actually he was good at majors for a little bit, and now like, he's been shit the last couple Until of years. Until we
1: started the podcast, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: I, we might have mushed him. I don't know. Yeah,
1: maybe. All right. Um, I thought some other interesting numbers. I thought Fitzpatrick, Matsuyama, Jason Day, decent numbers on well-rounded players, not going to get there. Tom came same way. I think it's a decent number. I he continues to impress, but spending my money elsewhere – Um, and then we're kind of in the long shot range. Obviously Justin Rose just won. We've taken Ricky and Adam Scott collectively. Um, Keegan feels like a decent number. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, then it's kind of take your pick. I mean, we're in the long shot territory, so I have a long shot that I have, I've taken him a few times, but, um, certainly not in an event like this often, but, um, and you mentioned him last week and had him top 40, Wyndham Clark. He's 80 to one, which at first glance seems like not a great number, but the guy's just been really good. Like when you first think of Wyndham Clark, you're like, oh, guy bombs it off the tee, pretty good putter. Um, he's just been doing everything um, since really October of last year, which is all this season, 16th at the Zozo, 29th at the CJ Cup, 16th at the Houston Open, 10th at the RSM. 37th at the Farmers, and then 10th last week against the Waste Management. He hasn't missed a cut since the Shriners back in early October. Um, and last week, I mean, impressive in a lot of different aspects. Gained over four and a half strokes on approach, over four strokes around a green, and then gained strokes putting. Um, and then you look at his course history, he's played here twice, finished 17th and 8th. This will be his third time back here. We mentioned that distance gives a little bit of an advantage, but he's been incredible Poa putter as well. He's Top two in all the categories, I think, and poa putting. his strokes game putting on poa of last fifty rounds. He's second, first in putting from uh, five to ten feet. Third in strokes game around the green over his last twenty four rounds in this field. Just some incredible numbers at Windham Clark. So I think that there's a reason why he's at eighty and not like one hundred and fifty, which is where you would, I think, in this field typically find him. Um, so I'm going to take him. I'll probably take him for a top forty
2: as well. And, and maybe a first-round leader, but I I like Wyndham Clark. Yeah, I like Wyndham. Um, he's playing really well, and they're starting to talk about him, like on the broadcast. They're giving him some love. They're saying, like, you know, Wyndham, they feel like a win is going to be coming for him soon. I think, obviously, it's going to be a tough task this week to get one, but uh, he's certainly – I mean, he's playing really well right now. He seems to be dialed in, so I don't hate that play.
1: Yeah, and so I mean, that – brings me to six guys in the card. So I think that that probably means I'm not going to take more Kaur which I might be sad about eventually, but we're going to, we're going to deal with it. So that's really the rounds at my outrage card. I think I have some thoughts, obviously a little bit further down the board on some other guys, but long shot territory, Matt, hit us with what you got.
2: Yeah. I'm going to go back to my guys, Siwoo Kim, uh, 95 to one, one for me uh, last time with the Sony and it's it feels like a tall task for him this week um he's not the longest hitter but i do like that he's 14th on tour this year in driving accuracy so i mean if he's gonna hit fairways i think that'll certainly help him out he's been kind of a weird like mix at this course uh he started off missing a bunch of cuts when he was young but his last four here I mean, he was 73rd last year cut in 2021 37th in 2020 but then he had a third in 2019 so he has played well here um last 36 rounds he's actually second in the field from proximity from 175 to 200 and his irons i mean when he won at the sony he gained like eight strokes he can get really hot with the irons he's gonna need another one of those weeks this week maybe not to that extent but He's gonna to need to hit the irons well this week if he wants to get in the mix. But the thing I like about him too, I mean, his last four starts, he's really he's got that short game going. He's gained in around the green and putting in each of his last four starts. So uh, he seems to kind of have his game in a good spot right now. So I think I think ninety five is more than a fair number on Siwoo. I mean, he's won he's won the players before. I mean, he proved that he could win a big event. percent. Um, I'm going to take him for a first time leader. I'm not going to get too
1: overindulged to see but I think he's clearly proven himself to be worthy of a 95 to 1 bet at really any tournament. So I don't hate it. Um, and like you said, I mean, once you're down here, you're looking for a guy that if he has his peak game, that we can win a tournament. So
2: I like it. You have any other long shots? Uh, yeah, I have, I have one, one other one.
1: Top, top 20, top 40s out here, but.
2: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to take these guys for you know, like a top twenty as well or a top forty. We'll see. Uh, I'll take a closer look at those numbers, and obviously that'll be posted on our card. But I mean, I'm going to light some money on fire here. I'm going to go to Tommy Fleetwood, um, 95 to one. I feel like if you're taking Tommy, I don't know if you could take Terrell in the same week. <laughs> I feel like they're like a package deal. Like I was kind lot of lot thinking about potential pay there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. The Justin Rose one, maybe he's firing up the, the Englishman.
1: <laughs> maybe,
2: yeah. Uh, Fleetwood's, I mean, it's so hard to justify him because he's never won on the PGA Tour, you right. know. Um, that said, he does have, I mean, he's he's got good game, Um He's had kind of a rocky start to the year, but he played really well at the close last year. At least, you know, on the DP World Tour, he he won an event in, in November, and then he finished fifth in the uh, DP World Tour Championship at the end of November. That John Rahm won. that was a stacked field. Um, he's only played this event twice. He has the 28th and the 37th, so nothing special, but two decent, you know, results. Um, yeah, you know, he made the cut and he kind of hung in there. So I'm gonna take a shot at him. You know, who knows. Justin Rose just won. I think he's, you know, he's going to be inspired by that. Um, I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see. Maybe he could steal one here. Ninety-five. Uh, hey, it's it's a long shot.
1: Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, I love Tommy Fleetwood. I just I'm going to look for him in Hatton in the Florida swing for sure. But I don't know if they're going to do it here. Um, so I have some interesting longer shot thoughts. I also have a thought. On a first round leader bet. Um, KH Lee pops up really well in my model. Um, underrated, very well rounded golfer. Pretty much green across the board in most of the categories that I've looked at. Um, like top half of the field in most of them. He's good around the green. Pretty good on poa putting. He's been pretty consistent here. He's good on the longer par fours. His approach game's been solid. Um, KH Lee, man, I. I I also think he's a great shout for a 1st on leader, really, anytime. But um, yeah, uh, four finishes here hasn't missed a mix of cut. Twenty-fifth, thirteenth, and the twenty-sixth are also on there. So I like K. H. Lee potentially looking to a top twenty, top forty play on him, um, and then some really long shots if you're looking to get a little crazy. I mean, Joel Damon finished fifth here back in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, putted really well, did everything though, above average, he was in the green in all four major categories that week. Um, and low has played pretty good golf. I mean, we haven't seen him a ton in 2023, 41st at 18 T Pebble beach 50th last week at the waste management, a little bit under the radar, um, at an elevated event, didn't see a ton of Joel, but, um, to start the season, I mean, third at my ninth at Houston open fifth at the RSM 16th at the Zozo. 13. That Sanderson's he hasn't missed a cut since the Fortinet back in September. Um, just playing really consistent golf, and I think when he's on his game, he's as well-rounded as it gets too. Putting has not been great, but um, that's his biggest downfall. So I'm hoping that maybe finds a decent putter this week. I'm gonna look for a top 40. He's 250 to one. So when those um, top 40 odds come out on FanDuel, I'm a fan. very interested to see where his lot his odds end up. Um, and then Harris English is also two hundred fifty to one, which I felt worth noting because we've continued to say that the Harris English Redemption Tour is going to happen eventually, and we've been very wrong so far. <laughs> I will say though, pretty good poa putter. Uh, putter. Um, take that for what it's worth. I mean, he's been really bad off the tee, really bad proximity from over one hundred fifty. Um, has not been avoiding bogeys at all, so he's been running into them pretty much full full steam. <laughs> um yeah those are my deep deep thoughts but anything between that you're looking at
2: is it crazy to just keep taking sam Ryder like top 40 i mean he's, no, 100, I so. he's 190 to one i mean the guy's just playing really well right now
1: yeah also i mean i it's 55 minutes into this episode i'm pretty pissed so myself I having to talked about tiger woods yet really but yeah i was
2: waiting for you to kind of mention
1: yeah he's 120 to one which i think is kind of crazy because I think people were predicting that like, oh, everyone's gonna bet on Tiger. It'll probably be at, like 60 to one. What a dumb bet. But like anything over hundred, I mean, we're talking about the best golfer of all time. If he wants to play, I think he probably thinks he's gonna play decently. So I I have a tough time not putting anything on this just because you don't you don't know how many more times you're gonna get to see Tiger. So I'm pumped to be there on Friday. I'm interested to see what kind of tea time he gets and who he's gonna be with. Um, in terms of being able to follow him on Friday for a bit, probably not going to just follow him the whole time because it's going to be an absolute mob for his group. But I'm very intrigued to see the state of his game. Obviously Augusta's around the corner and I still think he's got something in the tank. We'll see. But I know I, at this point in terms of golf, you know, gamblers and people in our atmosphere, I think I'm in a minority there thinking that he's still got something in the tank, but what can I say? Tiger's to goat.
2: Yeah, I mean, 120-1, hey, we've done dumber things. Um, yeah, sitting next to Kurt Kiyama, I mean, I would say he has a better chance of winning Kurt. Yeah. Which people probably wouldn't like that statement, but, I mean, I just don't think Kurt Kitayama has any chance to close this event out um, and win it. So I think – you. that's would... what I mean.
1: So at what odds would people be like, oh, well, he has a better chance than this guy? Like, I don't get it, really. Like, I mean, I guess you could put him at 250 to 1 with Harris English, Luke List, Brendan Todd, but like, I don't know. If they put him at 250, they would be so overexposed, it'd be insane. I think they'll probably still get overexposed at 120, so that number probably won't last. What is he on drafting? I'm actually interested in. I don't know. 130 on drafting. So, yeah, I think people are, the books are thinking that he obviously has no chance. And, that people are maybe getting smarter and not thinking of betting on him every time he plays, but.
2: Um. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like it's obviously that his physical health is, is not great. And like, you know, he's he hasn't played in X amount. It's going to be very hard for him to like win. I, like we get that point, but there's also an element to it that like, if he finds himself in the mix, like he certainly closes out tournaments. Like, Again, that's where like, when you get down here, the guys that he's, grouped with like don't close out tournaments that's why you it's a waste to bet on them because right. even if they're in the mix they're not going to win like if he's well mix, thursday he friday.
1: Yeah, if he shockingly plays well thursday friday he's like a few shots off the lead plays decent on saturday and finds himself in like one of the final four groups on sunday you would be like he's got a fucking chance so he'll end up probably playing poorly on thursday and friday but
2: so yeah, hope, is, I mean, I would, hope
1: is alive hope is alive this is his first non-major event since the zozo in 2020
2: so it's awesome it's gonna be awesome yeah. i mean i would predict like if i had to predict i would say he misses the cut but the thing is there's See, i think he's gonna make the cut but there's justification for taking him because like that if you have a guy that has the ability to win down there like it yeah it's kind of worth it
1: yeah i mean i think he'll make the cut um the cut line on this tournament is typically over par, so he's not going to have to be amazing. Obviously, his short game is magical. He's going to, I'm probably going to be rusty in terms of around the green, but we'll see. I mean, he's, I don't know how many courses he's walking regularly, like he gets to play in a cart when he's just casually practicing and things like that, but um, I'm sure he's done plenty of work and knows Riviera like the back of his hand, so. He's feeling comfortable. I feel like making the cut, I th- that's just going to be – I had to get to the card. Plus 154, make the cut.
2: Did you uh, Did you see he was at LA Country Club today, scouting out for the US Open? Oh, beautiful. I didn't see that. But All right. So um,
1: quickly recap the cards. We'll do one and done, and then maybe just a sad – I don't know if we want to end on a sad note, but we'll get your brief Super Bowl thoughts. Um, so I got JT – Burns, Young, Willie Z, Fowler, and Wyndham Clark. Uh, First-round leader, already got a few thoughts in Keegan, Siwoo, K.H. Lee. Top 20, top 40 market. um, Combo of the guys on my outright card with um, Wyndham Clark and Adam Scott. Tiger to make the cut. Feeling pretty good.
2: I like it. Uh, I have Rory, Cameron Young, uh adam scott see Cam, tommy fleetwood and potential of tyrell hatton being added in there um first round leader and uh top 40 top 20 probably some combination of those guys and i'm going to add in sam Ryder for a top 40 as well i'm gonna keep riding them until uh no no pun intended until it <laughs> <that> doesn't hit <laughs> um so that's yeah that's where i'm at right now all
1: right i like it um so yeah and then one and done obviously again i made a horrible mistake went from um, JT to Morikawa missed a cut. A horrible week to miss a cut because so much money in the purse. JT finishes in the top five. Would have been a nice week. Coupled yeah. on the fact with I switched from Homa to Finau, um at the Farmers, so yeah. not a good couple weeks. Not the same luck that I had last year. Um, so this week, I, I guess um, I could go to JT, but I think consistently as i might just take xander i don't know when i'll i don't think i'll probably use him in a major um he's been really good here consistent and maybe it'll just give me another added benefit to not having him in my card but having one and done so i'm going back and forth with that strategy because neither has worked so far this year so.
2: that's fair yeah uh i think xander's a fair play though
1: yeah um all right then yeah super bowl i think it would have been tougher if you were sweating uh Outright win. You got your heart broken there and then got your heartbroken by the Eagles too. But end of the day, going into halftime through the second half, how are you feeling?
2: Oh, I mean, going into halftime, I felt really good. It was, good. Um, it was like, you know, we had the 10 point lead. Mahomes just was limping around out yep. there. Uh, Rihanna is performing. You know, it's all good. And then the second half, it's just, and it is to the like, credit the Chiefs. I mean, Mahomes is just awesome. And their, their offense is so good, so it's not, like, totally shocking. But, um, yeah, we just couldn't stop in the second half. I mean,
1: Yeah, which is crazy, too, because, I mean, Juju, you know, Smith-Schuster played well in the second half. But, you know, they lo- lose Tyree Kill last year. And Kelsey, to a degree, you guys contained. I mean, um, he still played really well. Caught his touchdown pass early in the game. I think he had, like, seven for 85 yards, maybe 90 yards, something like that. But um, kind of contained him. But Pacheco run, Pacheco ran well, and Mahomes just—I mean—he had a couple of those big runs where you know he's—it's like where did that come from? And they're just clutch, man. And Andy Reid to his credit too. I mean, they ran—I saw that on Twitter today. I didn't really notice it in the moment, but they ran those fake jet sweep plays twice for touchdowns. Yeah. The Kadarius Tony one and the Sky Moore play. I mean, just brilliant play calls. So. You can, hard to really blame anyone in particular in the Eagles. I mean, Bradbury with the hold late in the game, but they didn't get pressure on Mahomes enough. And yeah, I mean, it, like we talked about it offline, like that that Hurts uh, fumble was crazy. And I forgot, and you mentioned that there was a false start to play before.
2: Yeah, false start to play before. There's a few plays that just feel like, and they're not talked about because obviously the whole talks on the penalty at the end of the game, which you know I'll get to in a second, but. Yeah, I mean, the false start, which ended up pushing us back to third and six, and then Hurts fumbled and the Chiefs ran in for a touchdown, totally yeah, obviously changed the game, gave them a free seven points. Um, and then just the terrible punt that Tony brought back to, like, yeah. you know, the five. It was like that is a total – I mean, you just gave them – like, that was free. Um, you just can't have a punt like that in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean yeah. – I
1: mean, it was a you great know, return, but – the pun was horrible.
2: Yeah, I mean you just line drived it to him, didn't give the coverage team time to get down the field. Like it was that just was terrible. Um, so a few plays like that are total game changers. I mean, Quez Watkins, uh, I've been saying all year he's complete ass and he had a drop. Um so hopefully he's no longer on the team. But yeah, I mean the penalty the penalty sucks just because it was like it it decided the game, like I just don't think you can call it in that spot. And it just feels it's so shitty. Like the Chiefs were gonna get three there. Right. Um, regardless. So it's not like all oh, that we would have still had to go down to the field and get points, but I'd rather have like a minute left and give Hurts a chance than just eight seconds. It was like they completely ended the game.
1: Right. right I thought it was incredibly soft. I
2: mean um and it was such a good game. Like I feel like it deserved a better ending. Like it yeah, was no, a great did. game and 100% it just, did from
1: it from an objective viewer who was just watching the game um, i did take the chiefs second half team total but that was really my only like action on the game itself um, and like there you could call that hold on a lot of different plays and that was the other thing about this game it was a very like un, not a lot of penalties both offensive lines did not call, get called for holdings there was no roughing the passers there was no you know personal fouls it was a really clean game and then for you to decide the game essentially on a third down play where, you know, it, it yeah. I mean, he bumps him and, and holds him a little bit in, on the line. And then, you know, Mahomes just throws it because maybe he sees it, but it was an uncatchable ball. It was not like – I know it wasn't a pass interference, it was a hold, but I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was really soft, and it didn't deserve to end like that.
2: Yeah, so. it sucked. And, like, that's – because there's people out there like, oh, it's a hold. Look, look at look at it. Like, he even said he tugged the jersey. And it's, like, one of those things, like, you can probably call that on most plays throughout the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. There's contact all game. People fighting, and there's going to be sh- jersey tugging, and it yeah. happens throughout the course of the game. And like to decide now, you're going to make the call. Like with the game on the line, it just feels it sucks. Yeah, um, stupid. And the NFL can't crazy. get out
1: of its own way because, like you said, the Chiefs are going to score kick three. Eagles had looked good on offense. So, I mean, yeah, they could have easily gone down, kicked a field goal, or, you know, had a chance at a touchdown. But they still had to do that. And then we would have gotten overtime or whatever. I mean, to changes the course of the game on a call like that when you hadn't been calling penalties for most of the game. It's like, it was just shitty. So, I feel your pain, brother. Um, on the bright side, we don't have football for a long time. So, it's golf season. Um, golf season.
2: Major yeah. season around the corner. Yeah. And also um, – not the – shout out Xfinity. I made it through a whole episode without Wi-Fi issues. Yeah, I noticed I you changed the, locations a little bit. So I did change locations a little bit, changed the vibes here. And, uh, yeah, so far so good. So. So, so
1: far so good. Shout out Xfinity. Good for them. Shout out Rollerballer. Thank you for sponsoring us. Thank you to all our listeners for listening. Um, tough year, I guess, to be a Philadelphia sports fan besides your team's been good. I mean, back-to-back-to-back to – back to back championship losses if you count the mls which we
2: don't (laughs) yeah i'm not really counting the mls i'm not gonna pretend to care about that one but yeah having the i mean this one was more painful than the phillies like i feel like the phillies run came out of complete nowhere that it was like you still had to feel awesome that they were there like that was just such a cool run the eagles like we were great all year um and they were up and a
1: half yeah
2: i mean yeah i mean that this one's gonna hurt for a while because, yeah. like, the thing about football too is, like, even when it's you're so a good, good. team and a young nucleus, like, it's so hard to get to a Super Bowl. So many yep. things have to go right. Like, when you get there, man, you really got to take advantage of it because you don't know when you're going to get back.
1: Yep. Yeah. 100%. So, until next football season, it was a good run. So, feel your pain, sir, but we're going to hit an outright this week. Um, Cameron Young. We'll call Fair it out. Cameron Young, rebound from last week. Let's do it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. And another elevated event and then you know like we're not far from the players and we're not far from the masters so big things around the corner appreciate you all listening talk to you next week